Welcome to Keep the Republic with Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. Keep the Republic is brought to you by the Political Action Committee, Conservatives of. And now, here's Daniel. Well, hello and welcome to Keep the Republic. This is Dr. Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News and your host for the next half an hour as we explore issues facing Idaho and America from a Judeo-Christian perspective, which is my custom. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, We have an interesting show for you today, but before I get too far into it, I want to tell you that today is Saturday, and later today, over at Foothills Church on State Street, Garden Valley area, is a conference that you'll probably want to go to if you have nothing else going on, because this is an educational truth summit where we're going to be talking about what's really going on in education, not only in America, but also in Idaho. Uh, Coming into our beautiful city this weekend is Dr. Duke Pesta and Dr. Alan Keyes in special for this event. And you know what's really cool is we had someone just bless us and say, you know what, we're going to cover the costs of this. We think everybody should go to this. So we don't, have, we don't want people to have to kick out money to come hear this truth. So they covered the costs of the event. And if you would like to go, all you have to do is show up and say, hey, I'm here. And if you want to donate a few bucks to help out and bless the speakers, that'd be great. But Dr. Duke Pesta, Dr. Alan Keyes are going to be our keynotes. And we've got other folks talking about other things as well. So it's uh, over at Foothills Church, which is at 9655 West State Street. And it starts at 9 o'clock. You can go in and Dr. Duke Pest is going to be talking about critical race theory, common core, not just what it is, but also what you can do about it when you know it's going on. You know, we've got a, a governor in this state who said that he doesn't believe that, that critical race theory is being taught in Idaho. And yet, interestingly enough, there was some people who did uh, some undercover research, and we have school administrators and teachers here in Idaho who were, did not know they were being videotaped, talking about how they are twisting the words and misrepresenting what's really going on in the classrooms so that parents don't know. They're changing the terminology. They're trying to placate people. So these videos really proved Governor Little wrong. Uh, We do have critical race theory being taught in this state. We do have social emotional learning, which I call the stepchild of CRT in this state. And we need to know about it because the local TV stations and the local newspapers are not going to report on this. So if you'd like to know the truth... Come to this event later today at Foothills Church, 9 to 3.30. And again, Dr. Alan Keyes will be there. Dr. Duke Pesta is talking about, uh, like I said, critical race theory, common core. By the way, giving another presentation in the afternoon, Dr. Pesta will be, called The Radicalization of uh, Sexualization in Our Schools. We have this all these people who are now getting uh, transitioned, quote unquote, without parents being notified. This is a danger. It's happening throughout the country, and and Idaho is not any different. Uh, Dr. Alan Keyes will be closing our conference today talking about what happens in America if we don't do something about education. He's been, as you may know, a candidate for president. He's spoken a lot about education. He's passionate about returning education to its Judeo-Christian roots. So you're also going to have, by the way, Dr. Douglas Peak. He's the pastor of Foothills Church. He's speaking on the motivation behind uh, why the schools are doing what they're doing. 
Susan Dusso is going to be talking about homeschooling options. She's been very involved in the homeschool community for decades and all the different ways that people can homeschool, because it's not just one way. There's lots of different ways. Uh, Dr. Lynn Laird will be presenting as well. She's a psychologist. She was on the show last week talking about uh, how if you're going to take your child out of school, how can you do it in a way that doesn't uh, totally jar the student psychologically? It can be very important. And even if they have to stay in school, how do you help them with the struggle of the bullying that's going to happen by not subscribing to the agenda that's being taught them? I will also be there presenting today, uh, covering the material from my book called Become a Student of Your Students. So how to understand your students' learning style to help them learn. It's an educational truth summit. And again, the costs have been covered. So if you'd like to attend, just show up, say, hey, I'm here for the conference. And if you want to give a few dollars to help out, that would be a blessing. But we want you to hear it. The donations have been made so that you can come attend this for free. I totally encourage you to do this. Well... Our show is sponsored by Conservatives Of. If you would like to see conservative Christian candidates elected to office so we can restore this republic to the foundations upon which it was built, I encourage you to go to conservativesof.com and make a donation. That's what they do there. And if you want to help support this show, you can earmark your donation and say, hey, support the radio show. But if nothing else, just go there and help support some constitutionally conservative candidates. That's conservativesof.com. All right. Uh, in our studio today, we have Vicki Purdy. Vicki Purdy, it's an honor to have you here. Thanks for joining me on Keep the Republic. Thank you for having me and allowing me to uh, express my views and a few facts on what's going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. But now, so for those that don't know, that don't know uh, you are a county commissioner for Adams County. You are also the Region 3 chair for the Idaho State Republican Party, and you're a board member for Southwest District Health, one of the regional health boards. That's correct. And so you're a very busy person. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join me here. Uh, the reason that I asked you to be on the show is you contacted me with some information that I think our listeners need to be aware of. Uh, why don't you uh, enlighten us on some of this problem we're facing? Well, I received a letter from a friend of mine, and so and that was uh, published in the Jim State Patriot. And when I read all of that um, and spoke with her and then spoke to some other friends in a couple of different long-term health care facilities of uh, people that I know that are um, fighting, have been fighting this COVID battle and the policy for the last couple of years, I called you because I was just really concerned that this isn't getting any better for our seniors. Um, we are taking our masks off and, and, uh, and not putting up with the nonsense. But our seniors that are um, in long-term health care facilities and in assisted living facilities are not being afforded that same luxury. And so I just, uh, I just thought that we needed some help on that. I, I think when we stopped the masks before, uh, the biggest reason wasn't because of, of me, the anti-mask commissioner, which is what the press branded me, but um, it was the public, it was the citizens that came forward and said, enough, we don't, we're not going to have a mask mandate. I think everybody was trying to figure out why we were being pushed in that direction in the first place. And I think it's pretty clear from, you know, more research that we've done over the months and from the beginning, um, there was an article that I read in one of the papers I, get, I got that uh, one of the towns up north, and I believe it was Post Falls, was doing a having a, a city council meeting that night and they were considering a mask mandate and if they pushed the mask mandate and got it passed they would get like 25,000 or 25,000 dollars. 
So that starts to get your uh, suspicions up. Mm-hmm. And then, then since then, I've discovered that there's that's what the why the schools push them is because if they don't um, get a mask mandate in place, and if they don't, you know, manage the entire checklist that the federal government has given them, then they aren't going to get money from the federal government via this would have to be the ARPA, ARPA funds. Right. Yeah. So we actually have one of the lawyers for I believe it was the can uh, a school district in Cannon County who tipped his hand and said, well, the reason we have to keep this mask mandate in place is because we took the federal money. It has nothing to do with the health of our kids or passing a virus onto anybody. It's just, um, it's just about the money. It's been about the money the whole time. Everything is about the money, and it's, 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 it's insidious. It is. Well, you know, um, we have a governor in this state who, um, if you've watched any of his campaign literature lately as he's running for re-election. There's been multiple people who have called out uh, what we'll call, I'll I'll be polite, uh, falsehoods uh, of things that he's saying. For example, he's saying that he didn't shut down the state. Uh, I can point to hundreds of businesses that shut down their businesses permanently and thousands upon thousands of people who stayed home because they were told they were not essential. And that's uh, I think that's called cutting, uh, shutting down the state. But he says that he didn't. Uh, he's also saying that he did not enforce any mask mandates. Uh, and now here we have, I guess you could say, a technicality, because he's the guy who's in charge of the executive branch of government. And the people who are on his committees address him. They, they report to him. So uh, you were telling me about this thing that happened in uh, Southwest District Health. We actually got the tape of it, but go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about what happened here. Well, we in, in one of our meetings, um, uh, Commissioner Elliott brought up the fact that he'd received a call from the governor's office. And um, I mean, it, it's like the ultimate uh, elected official bullying. I, I've never really heard anything like it. I, I was shocked when I heard it. Um, I think everybody should hear it, and I think they should know um, what they're getting um, when they when they cast the, their vote. Uh, we don't elect elect officials to bully us. We elect them so that they work for us. Right. There's two different kinds of politicians: the one that's that knows they work for the people, and the other ones that simply represent the government and um, maybe their friends and big interest. Right. Correct. So this this tape that we're going to listen to it was actually recorded in August of 2020. So it's not exactly a new tape, but you, I thought was important um, to to share it with people so that they know what's going on because this is still happening in our our healthcare centers right now with elder care centers as they are still being forced to wear masks and get tested and this is all coming down from uh, it is, as you said the southwest district uh, board can't do anything about it. No, it doesn't look like we can. I got an email. I emailed. Uh, um, uh, Director Zog, and she emailed me back this morning, and that's what she says: is, is that we are our role is limited to offering infection control and prevention education, and we they they don't have anything to say about actually changing the policy in these facilities. So I believe they inspect them, and they'll they'll send the complaints that they get. Um, or basically that they see to health and welfare and health and welfare files the complaints against the facilities. The bad thing about it is, is if anybody comes in and sees one person without a mask in a huge facility, then they get what they call a core complaint. A core complaint means that they, it goes on their record permanently. It's online. Everybody can see it. 
Um, it keeps people from going there, but it doesn't say what the complaint is. So it doesn't just say, well, this core complaint, this serious, horrible complaint is because there was one person in my facility that didn't have a mask on. Mm. So it's detrimental. It's terribly detrimental. And then, um, you know, if they if they push it farther, they can literally shut down the facility and keep uh, Medicare and Medicaid patients from that facility. What we're talking about is top down authoritarianism. And really, the question has to be, where does the buck stop? Exactly. Um, we have this tape and I, we're going to play it now. It's almost three minutes long, but uh, I think you'll be very surprised to hear at some of what you hear. Let's go ahead and listen to that now. I think it was Tuesday, uh, Governor Little called me and said that probably would be getting a call from some federal folks the next day. Um, didn't That part didn't happen. The day after that, however, um, the Governor's Task Force on the COVID, uh, at least two, two people on that, um, wanted to have a meeting with Nikki and I, phone conversation. Uh, so when when the time came, Nikki called me up, gave me the information we got on the on the phone, and uh, the conversation was to me quite disturbing. Um, I will not name names, but Governor was not on the call. It was just the uh, two folks from his task force. The first person was a lady well-spoken, um, made some good comments. Immediately thereafter, uh, the man jumped on and said that uh, we had to reduce the number of COVID uh, positives in our district if we absolutely had to. It was our responsibility mostly mine, and uh, if that didn't happen, schools would not open, businesses would not open, they were going to get on television, the air anyway, they were going to name names and make sure that everyone knew that we, and especially me, was responsible for any of those things not happening. I took that for about one minute, and I came unglued. I told them I would not stand for um, threats. No, ma'am, we're not, we're not talking to you. Um, anyway, uh, I was told that that was not a threat. That was just the way it was going to be. I said, yes, it is a threat, and don't you ever talk to me that way again. I said, if you want to call and talk and have a, a rational adult conversation with we'd be glad to talk about it and at that point I sort of switched over to to try to represent the board that I'm because I'm sure we would all like to have a rational conversation and come up with if there's better ideas in order to how to do that or why that we would be more than than glad to to listen and to, to talk about it all right, so that was um, enlightening if you are unaware. By the way, that video is still available on YouTube. You can punch up Southwest District Health uh, Caldwell and maybe the word mask mandate, and that, that video is going to be on that first scroll there. You'll be able to find it pretty easy by yourself. 
But here we have the governor talking on the phone with Mr. Elliott, who says, you're going to be getting a phone call from the feds. He says the next day, the feds didn't call. But the next day after that, Mr. Elliott gets a phone call from the uh, task force, the governor's task force, keeping in mind that Mr. Elliott is the chair of Southwest District Health. And if you heard that, you heard that he said that uh, they were going to blame him. They were going to bully him. Almost extortion, you know, without the money changing hands. But basically, we're going to blame you if you don't put a mask mandate in place. You're going to get blamed for every illness and every death. And, and, and he was livid. Yeah, he, he, he was. He was pretty mad about it. He, um, he told them never to threaten him again. And um, I mean, if you were desperate to get elected, um, you might bite on that and you might take that take those threats to heart because the press has been, you know, going after anybody that that, you know, defies the narrative or defies the governor. I mean, they've just basically um, been in the in the in the governor's pocket, um, if you will, on all of this stuff. So. I mean, that's 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 pretty bad to to blame somebody for all of that stuff when they're really just trying to do their best. And it certainly is letting someone make a choice, a personal choice. So, you know, it's interesting. I had someone uh, recently was talking to me about a uh, mask situation and, and injections and those kind of things. And I was sharing some information, factual research. And this person said, I don't believe that. I believe the science and I'm thinking, well, I'm quoting science. I'm quoting, you know, double blind <laughs> research, gold standard of stuff, right? I believe the science. I'm like, what science? What, what are you talking about? What they really believed was the narrative. And you have people who uh, don't want to, I should say, trust the facts of what happened prior to COVID. After uh, January, February, March of 2020, I don't trust a lot of the research that was happening and I wrote an article and we had the masks mandates didn't come out until mid-year. And I wrote an article for Uncovered DC, which you can still find. It's called The Mask Fallacy, why we're told to wear them. And I talk about that all the research out there that shows that masks don't work. And I have here in my hand the article that was written by Dr. Dennis Rancourt, where he did what a what's called a meta-analysis. And for those unfamiliar with the term, it means he, he pulled up all the research that was done on mask efficacy. How efficient are these masks? How effective are they uh, for, for preventing viral transfer between people? And all this, these studies were done prior to COVID, right? So he didn't look at anything that was done after COVID because now you're running the risk of Anthony Fauci influencing things, right? Uh, but he went back and looked at all the studies and he used only randomized controlled trials with verified outcomes. And what we mean by that, a verified outcome, is a statistical uh, proof through a physical test, not just somebody reporting, oh, gee, I had the sniffles, you know, or I didn't get the sniffles. It was a verified transfer of virus. Someone actually had the virus in their body. And I just wanted to go over a couple of these. Uh, here is a study from 2010 uh, in the uh, Epidemiology and Infection Journal. None of the studies reviewed showed a benefit from wearing a mask in either healthcare workers or community members in households. This was a, a big study done uh, in 2010. Here's a, a study done in 2012. Again, these are randomized, controlled trials with verified outcomes. He says there were 17 studies analyzed in that one, and none of the studies established a conclusive relationship between mask or respirator use and the influenza infection. 
So it didn't matter, right? Uh, here's one from 2017. Self this is interesting. Self-reported assessments of clinical outcomes was prone to bias. In other words, if you just said, hey, I had the sniffles, there was some bias in there. He says, evidence of a protective mask or masks against verified respiratory infection, where they took the physical test, was not statistically significant. And I could go, there's several pages of this here. 2019, you know, 2,862 uh, 2, randomized uh, participants, no statistical difference. He concludes, he says, no randomized controlled study with a verified outcome shows a benefit for healthcare workers or for community members and households to wearing a mask or a respirator. He says, there's no such study. There are no exceptions. So we had this data in... Uh, this was in, in summer of 2020. This is June of 2020. And the mask mandate came out, right? And I wrote this article here. And this, this is the governor now. This tape, this tape we just listened to is the governor's uh, task force contacting Chairman Elliott to say, you have to put these masks in place. When we had all the science here telling us that masks don't do anything. So where, where are they getting off on saying that this is science when there's no science to back it up? So now you've got these, uh, coming back to your situation, you said that you have health care facilities for elderly people who are being mandated to get tested and wear masks, and they're getting charged a lot of money. Tell us about that. Well, the, the latest is, is that um, they, they've got what they call outbreak testing. So these huge long-term healthcare facilities that they thought they were moving forward like the rest of us are and getting out of this mess because we did hear that the, pan the pandemic was over, um, are now being forced to do um, what they call outbreak testing. And instead of um, no longer, before it was they didn't have to test um, asymptomatic people or people that have been vaccinated. Now it's just completely the opposite. So now if someone gets uh, COVID or one person tests COVID, which if a stat, one staff member tests COVID and there's, say, 400, 300 people, whatever it is, um, in a facility, then they have to test all of the staff and all of the, um, all of the patients in the facility multiple times within 14 days until they all come back negative. And that's just absolutely ridiculous. The families are going crazy. This is a, not a fun test. It's brutal, actually. And I couldn't imagine having um, one of those things stuck up my nose that many times, uh, maybe three, four times in 14 days to have that done. And on top of that, the money apparently has run, start, run out and started running out in September for the COVID money for the testing, to pay for the testing. So, so now they're sending everything to the state lab. And the only reason that we can come up for, for to do this is possibly to inflate the numbers um, and the data like they've been doing with COVID in every area all along, which is why the data is useless for future future mm -hmm. things. But um, to, for the money, I mean, there's just no other explanation that you can come up with. No, no. If, if you're just tuning in, by the way, we are talking with Commissioner Vicki Purdy. She's Adam County, County Commissioner, also a board member of Southwest District Health. And she's talking about how some of these healthcare facilities are just getting uh, strung out with this COVID testing, when in fact, uh, I'm, I'm talking to doctors regularly, uh, Vicki, they're saying that uh, this is nothing more than the flu. You have the same, if, if you look at them side by side now, the numbers are coming out exactly the same. That's true. I, that's, that's the way I see it as well. And uh, 
Um, and I think it's one of those deals where if you're taking really good care of yourself and your vitamin D levels are high enough, maybe you're never going to get it at all, which might be the reason I haven't gotten it. But, you know, early on, I talked to when, when all this started, I had a, a guy call me from a long-term healthcare facility, and I just spoke to him today, as, again, as a matter of fact. And he was literally almost in tears, and he made me cry before, the, before I was done talking to him about the horrible abuse that all of a sudden was being foisted on, on, on all of these seniors. And one particular senior had been gathered up. She tested positive for COVID and been sent to a, a facility in Twin Falls, a quarantine facility in Twin Falls. And I, I don't know that she ever came back. And that was, I mean, it was a very sad story. And if, you know, I asked him, I said, so haven't you guys been wearing the PPEs for quite some time now? And he said, yes, we have. So if they worked, why wasn't COVID over a long time ago? Right. Well, you mentioned um, the vitamin D. Um, I want to encourage people to look into that if they haven't already. Because if the, the statistics are out, that if people have vitamin D levels, I think it's above 50 or 60 then their chances of getting COVID are next to nothing. So uh, you take the vitamin D, you take the zinc, you take the ECGC or the uh, green, which is a green tea extract, or you take the quercetin to help the, the cells absorb the, the the zinc. You take the K2 and the magnesium to help the, the body absorb the vitamin D. People who are doing this on a regular basis aren't getting COVID. So why? my question to our county health and our state health our, our Idaho Department of Health and Welfare is how come you're not advocating that? How come we're being so reactive with with masks, which we know what I, we just got done talking about, don't prevent viral transfer? We got just a, a few seconds left. Um, any final thoughts? Well, I just there was a gal um, at Health and Welfare that said in a deposition, her name is Jamie Simpson, that said PPEs don't work when she was asked about it. And that was from Health and Welfare. So if if that's if that's what they're saying, I mean, you just got to know that none of this is right. There's just no common sense left at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would encourage our listeners to be in touch with your elected officials and share whatever information you can. If you're looking for data to back it up, feel free to send me an email. You can do that at trueidahonews at protonmail.com. I'll be happy to send you whatever information you request. I've been on this for a couple of years paying attention to it. Uh, you have been listening to Keep the Republic. Our guest has been Vicki Purdy. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, and you can also, by the way, find out, uh, listen to the show again by going to the archives at kbxl941thevoice.com and look into the archives and find out more about this show and share it with your friends because people need to know about this. Hopefully we'll make it, uh, you'll make it over to the Foothills Church today for our uh, Educational Truth Summit. Going to be a very informational day. This is Dr. Daniel Bobinski. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Until then, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Keep the Republic. If you'd like to support this broadcast and help fund Christian conservative candidates, visit conservativesof.com. Also, please pray for our republic and for godly men and women who will work to keep it.